soon as I said that, I realized that that is how I start all my sermons. All right. Six nineteen. Okay, we'll go to seven nineteen. All right, take your Bibles and turn to First uh, Samuel chapter sixteen. First Samuel chapter sixteen. Pastor Kenny had asked me to. He asked me earlier this week if I would be available to preach. I said, of course. I said, uh, yeah, I'd love to. You know, there are, there are some things that you do not have to pray about. You know, oh, my. Yes, there's, the Lord gave us common sense, and there's different commandments that as long as you're following and you're in the will of God, you know the right thing to do. You don't have to pray about whether, well, maybe sometimes you should pray about whether or not you should eat that meal. Or Thank you for the laugh, Judy. Or whatever it might be, but he gave us common sense for a reason. There's some things that are just right to do, and you know what to do. Uh, you didn't have to pray about going to church today. All right, you knew it was right to come to church. And uh, I'm not going to get off on all that. But uh, here's just one little tidbit for you before we get started. Some preachers forget that sheep do not stand on their hind legs to eat. Now, that means the preacher shouldn't be way up here just giving all this philosophical garbage and all these all these huge words that you have to have a dictionary to look up and I would need a dictionary to look them up let's keep with simple words all right I know Pastor Legault uses the big words but he brings it down to our level and lets us know that we have a source which is Pastor Kenny to maybe ask about it so but anyways I, I appreciate I said that to say this I appreciate this place and that is a place that hasn't forgotten that sheep do not stand on their hind legs to eat and that sheep are down low to the ground. All right, they're not reaching way up and stuff. We, we need it down at our level. And I appreciate that our church has always given it at the level where we can eat easily at. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. And then we're going to go to Proverbs chapter 4 after that. Uh, verse 7, but the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now look over to Proverbs chapter four. Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty three. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Uh, tonight, we're going to look at a few heart conditions, and we're going to see which one you fall under this evening. So let's go ahead and pray, and we'll get into the message. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for uh, just the, the principles that it's, it stood for and the, the stand that it's taken for so many years. And I, Lord, I ask you just... Uh, just be with the folks in this building tonight, Lord, that they would uh, get a blessing out of what's being preached tonight and that, they, that we would get help, Lord, from your words tonight. We know you're ready and willing to give help. It's whether or not we're going to take it. And, Father, again, I ask you just again, be with the message and be with the hearers. In Jesus' name, amen. 
So we're going to talk, talk about heart conditions tonight. Uh, an unprepared heart just goes with the flow and misses great opportunities. You need your heart prepared. So like I just said, it just go, an unprepared heart will just go with the flow. And there's going to be opportunities that are going to be arising for you, but you have, a, have to have a prepared heart. You have to have the right heart condition to take the opportunity and whatever path the Lord has for you to go down. But if you're not prepared to go up that path, if you haven't, if you've never hiked a day in your life and you said, you know what, I'm going to hike Everest. It looks cool. I've seen videos of it on YouTube. I'm hiking Everest. No, you're not. You're going to die on Everest. So that's, that's what's going to happen because you're unprepared for it. You're not ready to do it. All right, you have to build up to that. There are a lot of steps before you take those steps up, to, up Everest and hopefully back down. But we're just going to look at three items tonight. I know there's a lot of different uh, conditions that we can look at, but we're going to take just three main conditions, and we're going to talk about them this evening, and then that will be the message. Uh, first, me first point is going to be a hardened heart. Look back to Exodus. We're going to talk about everybody's favorite person, Pharaoh. Exodus. Except for the children of Israel. They didn't like him. Uh, Exodus chapter 8. A hardened heart. Exodus chapter 8. We're just going to grab a few verses here that are just going to emphasize and talk about Pharaoh and his heart. Uh, let's go ahead and start it off. Verse 15, But when Pharaoh saw that there was respite, he hardened his heart and hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And then you go down to verse 19, Then the magician said unto Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. And Pharaoh heart, Pharaoh's heart was hardened, and he hearkened not unto them as the Lord had said. And continuing on through verses, you see multiple different areas where it talks about his heart, heart being hardened. Last verse in chapter 32, And Pharaoh hardened his heart at this time also, neither would he let the people go. Pharaoh's heart is hardened, and that's our first point is that hard heart. Why is it hard? Because it, of what it was exposed to all the time. Where was he every day? Egypt. Egypt's type of the world. It's kind of like a loaf of bread. You think about a loaf of bread, and if it's sealed in that in the bag, it's going to stay soft. It's going to be able to be opened up and used when it needs to be used, and then closed closed back up and put away, and it stays soft for a certain amount of time. But when that bag is opened, when that bag is uh, exposed to the elements, it gets hard. You know, it, it can look, you can have a loaf of bread over here that's closed and sealed, and you can have a loaf of bread over here that's open. They could be identical loaves of bread. They look the same. If I were to stand here and just look at both of them, I'd say, oh, the exact same loaves of bread. But then I go up and I push down on the top of each of them. One is not going to budge. That's the one that was open and exposed. This one over here, smushy, and that was sealed. See, it gets hard because of what it's exposed to. The exposure hardens it. Look at Hebrews chapter 3. And it's, a, it's what happens during that exposure and the things that you don't see them taking place. You don't see the elements that are hardening that bread, but they're there. And when you're exposed day in and day out, in Egypt, in the world here, 
There's things that are, you don't see them necessarily, these spiritual attacks, and they're going to harden you over and over. And you're not, you don't see it necessarily right away, but it, something's happening, and you're becoming hard. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8, Harden not your hearts, as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work 40 years, wherefore I was grieved with a generation, that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. It can happen. You can get hard when resentment or anger comes. I'm sure 40 years in the wilderness, something hard to go through will harden you. It can happen when temptations come. When something you get angered by something, boom, you start to get hard. And over time, the more and more these things build up and you're exposed to these different things in your life, the harder you get. And it gets hard when you don't know God's way. Isaiah 55, you don't have to turn there, I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, for, my way, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You see, Scripture says, they do, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. Hey, our ways are typically not the right way, unless we're going the Lord's way. He says, hey, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts aren't my thoughts. You need to line up with my thoughts and with my ways. Forget about your own ways and your own thoughts. Because you're going to go down your own path and then things are going to happen and you're going to have resentment. You're going to have anger. You're going to have all these temptations that are going to harden you over and over again. You know, in, in Exodus there, it says, and he hearkened not. See, he was hardened and he hearkened not as the Lord had said. And the harder, you, the harder you get, the less you're going to listen to what the Lord said. You're not going to hearken to what the Lord says. You're not going to listen to his voice. Whose voice you're listening to, right? This morning, Pastor Pe preached on that. And it's kind of funny because I had a message that I, was, I first uh, approached to possibly preach tonight. And then for some reason, I just, well, we know what, now why. Uh, why now? But I kind of went towards this message, and I felt like this was the message for the hour. And that message, that I, the other message I had was uh, three questions the Lord has for you. Where art thou? Uh, what doest thou here? And the last one was, uh, uh, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. But anyway, so I was like, okay, that's why, because it was this morning. But anyways, the harder you get, you, you get hard, and then you hearken not, and then you get harder, and then you hearken not. And it just compiles and builds upon each of them the hardness, and then you're not listening to the Lord. And then things happen, and then you get harder, and you hearken not. And they just build and build and build, and you get harder and harder and harder. It's kind of like plaque on a tooth. It build, if you don't clean it, it's just going to keep building and building and getting harder and harder. All right? I've been there when he's, he's picking some stuff like that. Oh, that's gross, I know. But uh, back when I used to not enjoy dentists and stuff like that, and they're like, all right, let's get the, let's get the air hammer out and get going and... You know how that is when plaque will build up. And don't act like it's never happened to you. That's uh, Mr. Perfect Teeth. But anyways, 
that plaque, it builds up. And, you know, the longer that it builds up, the longer it's there, and the longer you don't do anything about it, the harder it gets and the worse it's going to feel when it gets taken care of. And the more it's going to be painful, and it might cost you something. It might cost you more. It costs you more money-wise, but, you know, if you spiritualize that and look at it, man, the harder you get, it's going to cost you more to get it taken care of. A hardened heart will cause you to do things that you shouldn't do. Pharaoh attacked God's people. Uh, he had a hard heart. He didn't care. He lied. He was hard. He didn't care. Job 41.24 says that his heart was as firm as a stone. That's talking about the devil. Well, that, that, that hard heart. So I guess that if, you're, if you have that hardness of heart, you're just taking on some characteristics of the devil. And that's really what it is. It's hard to think about it like that, but that's reality. But God can take away your stony heart, as he says in Ezekiel chapter 36. We'll get to that at the end of the message. But that hard heart, you've got to watch out for the hardness of your heart. It's going to cause you to do things that you, that you should not do, but you're just hard. And w- The Lord's trying to penetrate your heart, but with that hard shell around it, it's harder to get through. If it's soft, it's easy to break through. But the, the harder it gets, the, I mean, the, the, dense, the, the density of it, building upon it and building upon, and man, things are just not getting through that used to get through to you. Things could happen to me, things that don't get through to me just because of hardness maybe of my heart. Whatever it is that's happened in your life that caused that hardness, you've got to think about that. Go back and play back in your mind some things that might have hardened your heart. I understand, yes, you have a hard heart right now, so it's hard to think about it. All right, but you have to go back in your mind and think, okay, yes, my heart is hard. Why is it hard? Let's play back some maybe some scenarios and see the problem and have it taken care of. Next point is going to be a broken heart. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5. First Peter chapter 5, very familiar verse of this church. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Uh, Psalm 55. Psalm 55. Psalm 55, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. A broken heart, a broken heart is caused by things that weigh heavy on it. Things that are cared about, things that break it. I want to stay right there in Psalms. You flip back to, uh, we're going to hit three more spots in Psalms. Psalm 51 It's all familiar verses. They're familiar verses because they're needed and they're used. That's why they're familiar. Verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, 
thou wilt not despise. So that sacrifice of God is your broken heart. A sacrifice is something you give. It's something you give. We'll go back to we'll, we'll go back to Psalm in a minute, but let's go back to 1 Samuel chapter 1. We we know the story of Hannah. And I'm just going to kind of jump around a little bit in verse in chapter 1. <coughs> Excuse me. But in uh, in 1 Samuel chapter 1, he basically asked in verse 8, Elkanah, her husband, or then said Elkanah, her husband to her, Hannah, why weepest thou, and why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? So Hannah rose up after she had (coughs) eaten in Shiloh, and after they had drunk, now Eli the priest sat upon the seat by the post of the temple of the Lord, and she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow, a vow and said, <clears throat> O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me, but wilt give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Now, verse 13, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved. Now they, Eli thought that she was drunken, but in verse, four, verse 15 says, I am a woman of a sorrowful spirit. And we can go ahead and skip down. <clears throat> uh, verse 18, And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman, so the woman went her way and did eat, and her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to their house in Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah his wife, and the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass, when the time was come about after Hannah had conceived, that she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked him of the Lord. Now, she had a broken heart. She had a broken heart. She was grieved. Her heart was grieved. She had bitterness of her soul and she wept sore and she prayed to the Lord. Her heart was very heavy and broken, wanting a child. And she committed that child unto the Lord. And you know what? Verse 19, and then verse 19, and the Lord remembered her. What are the sacrifices of God? A broken heart. A broken heart. The, uh, Psalm, go back to Psalm verse 34, or chapter 34. The sacrifices, I'll just read this in 51, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. He didn't despise her heart. He remembered her. I'd have to say that's probably the most important part of that whole passage is the last part of that verse, and the Lord remembered her. That's the most important part of that whole thing, I'd say, because if the Lord, if, what if the Lord forgot her? You know, we, he doesn't forget. But what if it said, just went on and she didn't have anything? Yes, she, maybe she prayed, but then it just said, and, and the Lord despised what she said and this, this, and that because of whatever. No, the Lord remembered her. That's something that you can hold on to. 
It's a very small portion of the Bible, but the Lord remembered somebody that had a broken and contrite heart. Is your heart broke tonight? Is it hurting? Psalm 34. Verse 18. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. The Lord, he was nigh to Hannah. And if you have a, a broken heart, he's nigh to you. He said he's nigh unto them that are of a broken heart and saveth such of a contrite spirit. Psalm 147. Is your heart hurting tonight? Are you, is it broken over something? If you're seeking the Lord and his wisdom and counsel through it, and you have that broken heart, your heart's grieved, the Lord's right there next to you. He's right there next to you. He's going through whatever you're going through, whatever your heart is heavy about, the Lord is right there with you. He healeth, verse 3, he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. You say, well, my heart's broken. Yes, and he'll heal it. He's the only one that can. Nothing else will. Whatever you're looking for in life, it's not going to take care of your broken heart. You're going to find your, the healing for your broke, broken heart is going to be in the pages of this book. In particular, in the book that we just read out of, out of Psalms. How do things break? All sorts of reasons. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Verse 41. And falling into a place where two seas met, they ran the ship aground, and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable, and the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners, lest any of them should swim out and escape. But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, sh they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards, and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. Whew. Storms. Storms are scary. Sometimes. Especially when you can't see what's going on. When a storm's happening, it typically seems like it's the middle of the night. You know, it's pitch black, and it's pouring out, and it's thundering and lightning, and you have no idea. You're clueless. So it's what's going on. There's just a whole lot of rumors going on, a whole lot of craziness going on. In particular, in this storm, the ship broke. The ship broke. 
And there are some broken pieces here. Verse 44 says, and some on broken pieces of the ship. When things are broken, they still serve a purpose. See, they served a purpose here. And I can tell you right now, if you look at those, those two words in your Bible here, they're italicized. That means those words were not in the original Greek. They were added. The italicized words to make things flow and stuff. So you wouldn't have the broken pieces in the scripture if you had an original. That's just a little bit extra. But the broken pieces, they serve a purpose still. They help save somebody here. They protected somebody, maybe from drowning. You might be a broken piece here tonight, but you have a purpose. You can help somebody. You can help somebody stay afloat. Just like in this situation, somebody that went through a storm, and they could... <laughs> All they could hold on to is that broken piece, just holding on to it. It wasn't what it used to be, but it still played a big role in that person's life. In Mark 14, the broken alabaster box. She broke that box, and the right stuff flowed out for the Lord. Now, it's when it's broken for the right purpose. It didn't get sold, like Judas and others wanted to have it, thought it should have been done. It was broken for the Lord. And if you're broken, purposeful, purpose it to be for the Lord. Whatever's going on in your life, however you've been broken, work through it with the Lord. Like I said, broken, uh, a broken heart is caused by things that weigh heavy on it. A lot of pressure. You know, you can have, <laughs> it only takes a little while before a one-by-four. You put a lot of pressure on it in the middle of it, and you have it maybe between a couple sawhorses, and keep on adding weight, and keep on adding weight, and that thing's going to bend and bend and bend. And, but you never know what's going to be that last little bit that's going to break it. And that pressure and the stuff that's just piling on. It seems like a lot's piling on. Yes, maybe you'll break, but the Lord is going to be there for you to heal the broken in heart. And he's going to be nigh unto you with a broken heart. A broken heart. Remember the first verse we went to. Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain you. It's all about getting the right mindset when you have the broken heart. Don't go the way of the world. Don't look for your fulfillment of your sorrows and your, the, the fix for your sorrows in the world's devices and whatever the world has for you. Because that's going to be a short-term fix. It's just going, to be, just going to be a little Band-Aid over something that never got cleaned up. And it's still going to have a problem. You need to have it cleansed and washed and sanctified. Have it get fixed by the Lord. Last thing we're going to look at, Psalm chapter 57. Psalm chapter 57, verse 7. My heart is fixed, O God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. The last heart condition we're going to look at is a fixed heart. A fixed heart. Now, some, now, I'm not talking about something that was broken and then you fixed it. 
Something that's fixed, it means it's settled, established, firm, fast, stable. It's a heart that's got some stick to to it. My heart is fixed, oh God. In the midst of your day-to-day worries and troubles, your heart needs to be fixed. Uh, Psalm 108, you don't need to turn there. Oh God, my heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise even with my glory. Now, it didn't say that I will sing and give praise when things are good. Because then it doesn't matter if your heart is fixed or not. Because if things are good, you're going to do, you you be like, oh yeah, praise the Lord. Yeah, things are glorious. Sunshine and rainbows, unicorns and kitties. Everything is great. You know, it doesn't mean a whole lot when you say your heart is fixed when everything is just going great and smooth. But man, when things get hard, when you're going through some tough stuff, when you're in that, maybe that storm or whatever it might be, and you can still say, hey, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed, oh God. I'm not going to waver. Maybe I've wavered before, but I'm not going to waver this time. You know what I'm going to do because of that? You see verse 7, it says, my heart is fixed, oh God, my heart is fixed. And then there's a, a, a colon there, and it says, I will sing and give praise says, you know what, my heart's fixed, and I'm going to sing and give praise. All right, I'm going to praise the Lord. I'll say, yes, you are worthy, God. You've done this for me. Thank you for this. You've got me through this situation. Thank you for this. And sing the hymns of praise. They'll lift your heart. They'll help you to keep your heart fixed. Keep it settled and established. Going firm and, uh, and stable. We don't want the wavering, unstable heart. We want the stable, firm heart. Like I said, you need to show that it's fixed by singing and praising. You know, David, he didn't, he didn't dwell on his mistakes and failures. He didn't dwell on that stuff. Noah, all those years preaching, he had a fixed heart. Paul, he had a fixed heart. Oh, Paul, remember we used to call you Saul? Remember what you did over here? Do you remember all this stuff? Remember when we used to go here and, and party? You remember when you used to kill all those people and it was so much fun? We had a great time torturing those folks over there. That didn't get him down. He had a fixed heart. Adam, I mean, he, he had to have a fixed heart. I mean, a lot of pressure on Adam and Eve, right? I mean, they messed up pretty big, and it cost us even today. But hundreds of years, they, he fixed his heart after that. and had a fixed heart, and it continued on for hundreds of years. He had to have a fixed heart. He didn't... He didn't uh, piddle out there in, in the beginning after the fall he had to continue on sure there was a lot of pressure on him because uh, you know he's living for hundreds of years and people are like hey you two you guys are the ones that did all that caused all this, these problems and stuff and you can go through pe- person after person Elijah he had a fixed heart. He got he got out, out of that uh, out of that slump he was in after he went and hid from Jezebel, afraid of afraid of what might happen to him after all the victories that he had just gotten. After that, he fixed his heart, not dwelling on the mistakes and failures. Look at Psalm 112. Psalm 112.
Psalm 112, verse 5, A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting the Lord. Now, this good man ought to be you. It ought to be you. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Because his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. See, the key point there is trusting in the Lord. That's how you continue with a fixed heart. Trusting in the Lord. Evil tidings come. Your heart's fixed. You know, you, you know something like that. Something's going to come up. Something's going to happen. But your heart is fixed because you're trusting the Lord. You're ready for it. Sure, it's a shock at first. Boom. Wow. I did not expect this. And then you collect yourself and you say, okay, my heart's fixed because I'm trusting you, God. You've got me through a lot. You'll get me through this. The evil tidings, whatever it might be, news, news is just, I mean, Job got evil tidings. And he, at the end of it, he said, blessed be the name of the Lord. He got the evil tidings. The, uh, maybe the bad advice that you might have gotten or just information that you find out. You may be doing everything right. Don't get blindsided. When the devil, the world, the flesh, they come with evil tidings. Have your heart fixed. Excuse me. By trusting in the Lord. Proverbs chapter 3, I'll go ahead and read it. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Say, he says, trust, trust in me with your, all of your heart. Why? Because you need to have a fixed heart because there's going to be things that happen in your life. And you are going to need me. You're going to need your heart fixed. Because if it's not fixed, then it's going to waver and it's going to go the wrong path. Don't lean on your own understanding. Wow, I, this is unbelievable. How can the Lord even be so if he's allowing all this stuff coming into my life, into my family's life, whatever situation it might be? Don't lean on your own understanding because you will be, you'll be tricked and fooled by your own mind. You need to cast down those imaginations, which is your own understanding. And seek the Lord. Have a fixed heart. So what, what heart condition do you have today? What heart condition are you dealing with right now? Do you have a hard heart? Let me go have Andrew and the musicians come ahead. Do you have a hard heart, a broken heart, or a fixed heart? You know, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And what, what's going on in your heart right now? Is it hardened? Pharaoh? Huh? Are you Pharaoh tonight with that hard heart? Not listening to the Lord? And it just keeps getting like, building and building, getting harder and harder. And the harder it gets, the harder it is to soften it again. You know, you think about that loaf of bread or whatever it might be, cookies, I like cookies. You take those hard cookies and you put them in the microwave just for a little bit, apply some heat maybe to it, and they soften right up. 
Maybe you need some heat applied to soften it right up. Say, it's, it's hard. I don't know what to do about it. Get some heat to it. Get closer to the Lord. Get closer to this book. Get closer in this building here. You need to have a fixed heart to ensure you don't end up with a hard heart. Are you dealing with a broken heart this evening? A lot of things that might be weighing on your heart tonight, they've just broken it. And then you shore it back up, and then it breaks again. And then you put another board underneath, you, you screw it back up, and then boom, if something lands on it, and it breaks again. Don't give up. The Lord's right there with you. He's nigh unto, the, unto you. He's sitting right next to you, going through it. Now, when it's broken, you have to have a fixed heart, even if it is broken. Because if it's broken and you don't have a fixed heart, you'll get hard. That's how it'll happen. You get broken. You get the bad news. You have a broken heart. But your heart's not fixed because you're not trusting the Lord. And boom, you start getting hard towards things. How's your heart tonight? Let's pray. Father, I ask you to just be with this invitation. I thank you for your, your goodness and just your, your mercies and just knowing that you're there, your faithfulness that far exceeds anything we could imagine. Father, again, I ask you to be with this invitation in him and be with the hearts of Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Brother Andrew.